Listening to sermons as we go about our days, driving around or doing our work, is a perfect reminder of our Lord's promises and of His mercies. This is the mission of Upper Room Media. To make the Word of God accessible to anybody and everybody. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Good morning, everyone. Today, we hear about the story of Lazarus, which you know so well. I think this microphone's too loud. Can I borrow this microphone? Hello, hello. Today we hear about the famous story of Lazarus when he, he died and then he, of course, we know Jesus rose him up from the dead. We know the story and we love that there's a happy ending. That's what makes it so good. If it would just said Lazarus died and that was it, we'd be a little bit sad. But there's a happy ending to the story. And the thing is, we know it because we know the end of the story. And to be honest, the thing with Lazarus, his situation went from bad to worse to the worst, death. And then, unexpectedly, a happy ending. Unexpected, beautiful ending. And people always say stories like that only happen in the movies. People say that stories happen that maybe in certain nice books. And it's not real for us. And that's the thing, when we read the Bible, we always get confused that, okay, it's a story, and wow, that was a great story, and we learned the story. But this story is not just for Lazarus, it's for all of us. And here's the thing, our story, there's always another chapter to our story. Usually we are in a chapter and we say, this is the worst chapter of my story in my book, and it's the worst. And here's the thing, if anybody here would, that are probably the elders and the older people in, in the church today, you could probably write a book about your life, all the ups and all the downs. And guess what? Then there was ups again, and then there was downs again. You know it, if you're a little bit older, you have many experiences in that. If you're younger, maybe you haven't faced it yet. And this is how life is. Lazarus was sick, and more sick, and more sick. Then he died, then he rose. It's like this whole beautiful story, and in the middle of it, Lazarus wasn't saying this is the best thing ever. He was hating it, he was upset, he was sad. Here's the secret, though, about your book, your story. There's more, pay attention, in your story and in your book, there's more ups and downs to come for all of us. No one can escape it. But I want you to hold on to one point that was embedded in the story today. I want you to hold on to one point when you're going through your ups and downs and then ups and downs again in your story, your chapter, going from one chapter of your life to another, I want you to hold on to one key point that's embedded in today's story. I'm going to read three verses, and I want you to pay attention, and you know what it is. But the first one was John 11, chapter, chapter 11, verse 3. It said, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. It says, he whom you love is sick. Look at verse 5, John eleven five 5. says, Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. Go to 35 and 36. Jesus wept. Then Jesus, the, the Jews said, See how he loved him. Here throughout the story of Lazarus, his ups and downs, that Jesus loved him. Jesus loved him. Down, I love you. Mistakes, I love you. Up, I love you. Love didn't change. 
So when you're going through your story, ups and downs, I want you to hold on to the same thing. Now here is the thing, we forget too quickly, and that's why I'm here to remind you, you know this already, but we forget too quickly that God actually loves us, that we are so precious to Him. But here's the thing, we know it, but not always experience it. Think about that for a second. We know God, oh God, love, God is love. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. We know God loves us, but a lot of times we don't experience it. But no matter what we do, He never stops cherishing us, loving us, and He adores us. So the thing I'm going to share with you today, and I want your help to go through with me the scripture. I'm going to be very short and very simple, and I'm going to talk about God's love today. That's what I want to talk about, because I just feel like it's embedded in the story, in the middle of ups and downs, and I want us to talk about it today. But here's the thing, I want you to either do one or two things. Either write down the verses I'm going to share with you, and look at it later, or you can open the Bible with me now, and let's go through it together. Okay, that's, that's the deal, we're good. So you can open up with me now, or you can just write them down and say, let me, let me look at those later. And all I'm going to say today is one simple thing, is how amazing God's love is for you and for me during our ups and downs. During our bad days and our good days. And I'm sure you have some, maybe you're going through some now. The first one I want to share with you is Psalm 8615. Psalm 8615. Psalm 8615 says this, But you, O Lord, are a God full of compassion and gracious, long-suffering and abundant in mercy and truth. Let me read that again. Psalm 86.15 But you, O Lord, are a God full of compassion and gracious, long-suffering and abundant in mercy and truth. Here's the thing. His love is full and abundant. His love will never run dry or be finished. It's not like us. When you have a bad day and someone wants to come spend time with you, what do you do? It's like, get away, get away, get away. He doesn't have a bad day. His love is full, always full, and abundant. So whatever you're going through, it's always full and abundant. So don't worry that like, you're going like, to you know, crowd Him or, get, or upset Him. Look, here's the thing. How do you feel when you spend too much time with someone close to you? How do you feel after too much time? You say, I need a what? I need a, I need a break. Some people said it too loud. People are watching. Your husband and wife are watching. <laughs> okay. I need a break. I need some, what? Some space, right? We've been on this trip for two weeks together. Need some space. I need a break. I would never say that, but if you guys want to say that. But do you know what? God's love is full and abundant. He doesn't want space. He doesn't want a break. It continues. So the first thing is God's love is full and abundant. It means it never runs out and He's never going to get tired of us. It doesn't matter what we do. He's still there with His full fullness of love. God, you are God full of compassion and abundant in mercy. That's amazing. Let's continue to see this love that we should experience. Let's go to Romans chapter 5 verse 8. I love Romans 5 8 because it makes me feel good even when I'm not so good. Romans 5 verse 8. And I, I, again, I, it makes me feel good when I'm not so good. Romans 5 8. But God demonstrates His own love towards us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. 
When does He love us in this verse? Let me read it again. Tell me when He loves us. God demonstrates His own love towards us that while we're still sinners. So when you're sinning and you're making a mistake and you're making a problem and, and, and we're addicted to some things that are not good for us and we're, we hurt others and, we, and you fill in the blank. When you do that, that's when God says, hey, I love you. And it doesn't make sense. Usually say, we always have the impression, when I'm good, God will love me. No. When you're bad, God still loves you. Is what the verse says. Even when you're still sinners, God loves you in your mistakes. If you make a bad joke, if you hurt someone, He still loves us anyway. Even when you did something you're embarrassed of and you're shameful of, He says, I still love you anyway. His love is full and abundant. His love is there no matter what you have done and what I've done. That is pretty amazing. But I'm not done there yet. So that was two verses so far. That was Psalm 86.15, Romans 5.8. But I love this next one too. Isaiah 54 verse 10. Isaiah 54 verse 10 says this. For the mountains shall depart and the hills be removed. But my kindness shall not depart from you. Some, some translations say love. But my kindness or love shall not depart from you. Nor shall my covenant of peace be removed, says the Lord, who has mercy on you. Let me explain what this says here. It says, even if the mountains fall and the hills are removed, my love will remain. If your life is collapsing and everything is going wrong, my love and mercy, my grace, will remain. Those things can collapse. Everything around you can go haywire. Everything can go bad. But my love will remain. No matter what is removed or what collapses. He keeps pouring it on. Mountains, hills, disasters fall apart. His love will never depart from us. That's the great guarantee. That's a beautiful guarantee. Yes, His love is full and abundant and He'll love you just the way you are no matter what you've done. But also when you're collapsing and you can't manage and everything around you is going haywire, I still love you and I will never, that will never be removed. That's a beautiful promise from Isaiah. My love will never depart from you. Now I want to go to my favorite verse of the day. Psalm 31 verse 7. Psalm 31 verse 7. So, so far we know God's love is full and abundant. His love, even if we sin, He still loves us. Even if there's a collapse, He still loves us. Listen to Psalm 31 verse 7. This is really beautiful. I will be glad and rejoice in your unfailing love. For you have seen my troubles. And you care about the anguish of my soul. Let me say that again. I will be glad and rejoice in your unfailing love. So, Psalmist is saying, I am going to praise you and rejoice because of your great love. Because you've seen my troubles and you care about the anguish of my soul. Anguish of my soul. I love that. Wow. I know sometimes we're a church family, so we know that we all go through anguish. Our soul is not at rest many times for whatever reason. He says, I still will be there with all my love. And I will see your troubles. And I will care about the anguish of your soul. I love you and I will help you, support you in the anguish of your soul. Whatever you're anguished over or you're burdened or you're troubled. 
I will still be there. This is what I want us to pray about in liturgy. I didn't want to say anything out of context. Lazarus' story is amazing, but embedded in it is God's love for Lazarus, Martha, and Mary. God's love for us. This story is us today, right now, on this liturgy. His unending love, His overwhelming love. His love is overwhelming, truly. And if you have a sin that's bothering you, God says, I still love you. If you have something collapsing in your life, says, I'm there with my love. If you have an anguish in your soul, God, I'm still there. And His love is full and abundant and will never run out. There's a nice story in the Bible. I don't know if you heard of it, but pay attention. Tell me if you've heard this story in the Bible. It's, it's a story that some people have heard of and some people have not heard of. King David was running for his life for many years from a, a, a bad king named King, king who? King Saul. King Saul was after him for many, 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 many years. And finally, King David, King Saul dies. And King David is now the, the rightful king. And usually what happens if you become king, if someone was trying to kill you, you're going to do what? You're going to probably, you're, you're the king now. So King Saul and all his family should be what? Should be killed. That's the rightful thing. So King Saul, and all, King Saul's dead, but now King David is the king, and all of King Saul's children and grandchildren, all of them should be killed. That's the right way. But that wasn't the way of King David. He, he came and said, now that I'm king, I want to find any living relative of Jonathan. Who is Jonathan? King Saul's what? King Saul's son. And Jonathan was David's what? Best friend. So he wanted to honor him. He should have killed everybody else out there. Jonathan was dead too, by the way. So King Saul, Jonathan, all dead. And they couldn't find anyone in the land except the guy named... Who knows the name of the guy? The only living relative of King Saul and Jonathan, Jonathan's son. His name was... Mephibosheth. That's how I'm going to say it. I know it's uh, Mephibosheth. Can we say that together? One, two, three. Yeah, I don't know. It's a hard one. Mephibosheth. So Mephi, for short... He was found, but you know he was found, and again, King David should kill him, but he didn't. He was a cripple, by the way. Mephibosheth was crippled, and he was handicapped, and he, could, he, couldn't, he couldn't do anything. So listen to this in 2 Samuel 9, verse 6. Listen to what he did. So first of all, now when Mephibosheth, the son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, had come to David, he fell on his face and prostrated himself before David. Then David said, Mephibosheth, and answered, here is your servant. Verse 7. So David said to him, Do not fear, for I will surely show you kindness for Jonathan your father's sake, and will restore to you all the land of Saul your grandfather, and you shall eat bread at my table continually. I love this. King David should have killed Mephibosheth and killed anyone. He didn't. He took this young man and said, You, all the land of your grandfather, it's restored back to you. It's yours. And guess what? I'm going to have food on my table every day. You're going to sit at my table and eat every single day. King David is representing who? And Mephibosheth is representing who? King David is? Is God. And Mephibosheth is us. We're coming with all of our sin. You know when it says he's crippled? It's our sin. It's our weakness. And we bow before him today. And we say, God, I'm, so, I'm your servant. I'm yours. You know what God says? Eat at my table continually. That's what we're going to do today. Eat continually at my table. I love you. And I don't care what happened in the past. 
I forgive your family, and I love you. And this is the unending love of God, shown in the story of King David and Mephibosheth. It's an interesting story that has to do with us. And that's why we're here today in liturgy. I want you for the rest of liturgy to say thank you, God, for your great love. And, and if you have a sin that you know that you have and you want to say, God, here it is. He says, I still love you and I'm going to help you with it. If you have something collapsing in your life, say, God, here's what I'm troubled with. The anguish of my soul is here. God says, okay, this liturgy will be there to comfort and to gently give you peace and love in those times. The last verse I'm going to share with you is what we should do now. It's in 2 Corinthians 5.14. This is the last thing I'll share and we're going to continue liturgy. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 14 says this. For the love of Christ compels us because we judge thus. That if one died for all, then all died. And he died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. Here it is. Because of what God has done for us, his love should compel us to no longer live our life for who? For ourselves, but for him who rose again. That's the thing. God, I'm yours. God, you are mine. I am now going to live for you. Your love compels me, inspires me, transforms me, heals me. Here's the thing, guys. Here's the action. We know God loves us this much. We talked about His love is full. His love is abundant. We talked about that. We said He loves us even when we're sinners. He loves us when everything is collapsing. He loves us in all circumstances. And it should compel us to live our life no longer for ourselves, but for Him. So here's my challenge for you today. Here's the action. The rest of liturgy, I want you to experience and to connect with God and to enjoy the love, the banquet of love that's on the altar today. This is a banquet of love. That He's pouring His love. Whatever you're going through, He's pouring it. Whatever you feel, whatever you've done, you pour it to Him, He's pouring it to you. This is a banquet of love today in liturgy. And the second thing is, I would love the rest of the week that we renew our solitude, our quiet time with Him again. The best way to show love and to experience love from God is to spend time with Him. We spend time with people we love and we spend time with things we love. If you love to go swimming, you're going to go swimming a lot. If you love basketball, you're going to do it a lot. If you love God and He loves you, there should be time spent together. And that's what I want you to do. Don't make the rest of liturgy a daydream. Make the rest of liturgy say, God, I love you. And thank you for your love for me. Let it be a banquet of love. Let it be an experience time with Him. And then the rest of the week, renew your Sabbath, your quiet time, your, your silence and solitude with God. And enjoy those times because that's where you will experience the love of God, not just know it. Today is a beautiful day of Lazarus. God loved him so much. He had ups and downs, just like you and me. At the end, the story went okay for him. It's going to be okay with us. But along the way... Don't let shame or guilt or problems collapse you. Remember how great God's love is no matter what. His love is full and abundant. Let's enjoy the rest of this covenant of love, this banquet of love. Let's rejoice over His love. Let's pray for one another. And glory be to God forever. Amen. This talk was brought to you by Upper Room Media. We hope that this talk has, through the grace of God, touched your heart 
and we pray that it will not only inform you, but will also transform you and your life with Christ.